Welcome to the 15th episode of the Game Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Thompson. Here with me are two platinum-level pros. Uh, I'm a little league gold pro, but it's not too bad. We have some Kaladesh spoilers. Uh, We are, let me check, 143 cards through the set as of this podcast recording. So pretty exciting times. We're going to talk about like some specific cards and just some generalizations and strategies and whatnot. But the thing that stands out to me the most is just, like, how powerful these Mythic Rares are. I mean, the Mythics are are sick, man. Looking at them right now, there's, like, three that stand out as, like, medium or bad. And the rest, I think, are, like, somewhere between, like, super, super powerful and, like, just objectively great cards. Andrew Brown, any thoughts? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, all these cards look great. Even the Metallurgic Summons thing I'm, like, pretty excited about, like... Definitely want to get my hands on each and every single Mythic here. I'm just so excited. I'm so excited to play so many games with my friends. You know, try and break the format, you know? That's going to be great. I'm excited. Well, you're blowing it because now you're here talking to us instead of playing games. Yeah, well, you know, the the Cockatrice file only gets updated once a day, so you can only get in so many games. Okay, and they, they did just spoil some pretty sweet cards too, so... Yeah, I know. I'm definitely going to play with them tonight and looking forward to just playing with the entire set. I can't wait till Friday. Fr- Friday is just my favorite day. You know, we set up a, there's some candles, there's some wine and cheese, and then we like play a bunch of games and it's great. That sounds like really intense. I don't even I like know it. if you're joking. Like I could actually see that being the case. He's definitely not joking. Uh, the wine part, that one is, that I, that's an exaggeration because wine has sugar, but <laughs> Definitely on for cheese, though. <laughs> of course, like, the, the, the flaw in this plan is, like, God forbid the wine isn't a part of the diet. <laughs> don't bend for anything. Don't break for anything. So, so to me, some stuff that stands out is, like, it was weird because last standard format was kind of dominated by various company decks. And just the way that the company deck operated being, you know, like, low curve, very threat dense, like, puts a lot of pressure on you, grinds grinds you simultaneously very hard, and, like, plays at flash speed meant that like a lot of the cards and or strategies were kind of invalidated by that. And so like, you didn't want to like just play a generically powerful card that like just gets hosed by reflector, for example. And now like we just have tons of really cool, powerful cards that are kind of like, just like sitting on top of each other. It's like, I don't know which ones I, I want to play with because there's so many cool, like five and six man things. Yeah. So there are uh, gear hulks, which I think are a pretty big one. All the various planeswalkers that are legal, I think all look pretty good. And now there's vehicles, too, and they all kind of require you to build your deck in a different way. I'm sure you're going to see, you know, some some decks with, like, Gearhulks and Planeswalkers or, like, Planeswalkers and vehicles and stuff. But, like, you're never going to see, like, all of them mashed together. So you do just have to, like, pick and choose what you want to do. And I find that, like, very strange because they're all, like, four to six mana. From what, I, from what I can see right now, this seems to just be, like, the biggest kind of, like, puzzle kind of standard we have because just because we have so many different card types sitting on top of each other so like you really have to pick and choose and find the right puzzle pieces to fit together and there's there's also just a lot of stuff in previous sets that kind of went unexplored because of how dominating band company was and how much like things that it just like kind of priced out of the format you know it's like you know you're trying to do this big and clunky thing well you're just gonna get tempoed out by band company so you can't mess around with that but now those sorts of things might actually be pretty good 
yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm very excited to to play in a non-company universe. It's just a more open-ended format, and you can definitely explore more things. I mean, I don't I don't know if it's in more open-ended format, but it it seems more open-ended because we don't have this dominating force of like company into double reflector mage. Yeah, you I, know, I, thanks for showing up to the tournament. I think the big thing here is that like the games will be more like straight up. Like you can you can play around kind of the worst case scenario. It's not just like your opponent leaves up four or five mana and passes and you have to like choose whether to play around like Queller, Company into Queller, Reflector Mage, Archangel Ravison, like or just like Dramoka's Command plus one of the above. Like you're you're not just gonna have to pray that you don't get blown out every turn. Yeah, this is gonna be way more sorcery speed, right? So the thing that kind of weirds me out is how there are all these insanely powerful mythics. And then there are like all these like little things that are trying to work with energy too. And it just seems like, okay, you have a bristling hydra while I have a gear hulk, you know, like what, what are you doing? So I really think that, especially given some of these cards, like laugh new hellion and just like the cycle of thriving things, like energy is very much going to be the aggressive mechanic in the set. Like some combination of like energy plus artifacts matter. And hopefully that's the thing that allows uh, aggressive decks to actually get under all these mythic rares. Yeah, I mean, I would I would be very excited if there was a actual viable aggressive deck. Just the the, the lack of diversity in the last format really kind of left a sour taste. So I mean, if if there's going to be a viable, you know, like either red green or mono red deck, that's that just sounds like a, a load of fun, you know? Yeah, a little diversity, you know? How how awesome would it have been if? There was a bunch of bad company decks, so like people are playing all these creatures, and then there were just like you know some sort of searing blaze or searing blood type of thing, and like maybe some good flying creatures in red or whatever. And it's just like the format actually had a little bit of churn because there would be a deck that could prey on bands. You know, I think that would have been pretty nice. But the red cards were just so bad. Yeah, I mean these the new red cards look great. I like I really like the the Hellion and the uh, Inventor's Apprentice. That's the one that just got spoiled today. It's the one two who gets a uh, plus one plus one if you control an artifact. Yeah, that card's nice. We definitely need to find some more artifacts to actually turn this thing on pretty early. Like there's uh, the Smuggler's Copter, which I think is really good, and then this this artifact raging goblin whose name I I never remember. Bowmat Courier. Oh yeah, that's the. I love that pay a red discard your entire hand guy yeah i think it's super cool that it can like work in like a very traditional like maybe mono red shell where if you kind of flood out you can sort of rebuy and try to get over the finish line or you can like maybe try to fit it into some like deck that actually wants to pitch their hand maybe like zombies or something like that it's really interesting yeah you could do that i I think the most common scenario is just going to be like you get in for some damage with this thing and then you just you know cash it in for three cards and like discard your fiery temper or whatever and just kind of go from there so for the apprentice, I'm looking at like Pia and Cogworkers Puzzle Knot to try and turn this thing on. The Puzzle Knot seems like pretty mopey, but might actually be kind of good. Speaking of Puzzle Knots, I really like the green Puzzle Knot. That's the three life, three energy one. It seems, from what we've seen so far, it seems like the most efficient way to amass the most energy as possible. So because it's only like four mana for Five. six energy, six life. So I don't know. That one seems pretty nice. Uh, uh, it's, it's five mana, two oh, and three. Five mana, five mana. Yeah, but generally excited for most of the puzzle knots. They seem uh, they seem pretty sweet. Yeah, I feel like you can do some big stuff with the green puzzle knot and a tune with Aether, but I'm not sure what that is, and I'm worried that the mythic stuff is just kind of going to go over the top of you unless you're doing like Aetherworks Marvel stuff. Right. Because you can't just use the energy from a puzzle knot to like power some of your dinky creatures, you know? Like that's not really going to get you anywhere. 
think you're just going to take too much of a tempo loss from that, but it is interesting. It's like, okay, well, this card makes six energy, so this card is either really good or really bad, you know? It's like, you're spending so much time to do this, and it's either going to be very, very worth it, or it's not, and it's just going to be a trap. Yeah, I, I think it's just, it comes down to whether Aetherworks Marvel is something that is worth building around. Like, can you build a functional deck that isn't activating Marvels on turn five? You know, that, that's ultimately going to be the question, I think. Yeah, and even then, are you hitting stuff to make all that work worth it? Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, if you can build a deck that doesn't need to spike Ulamog, then I think the card is super good. But if that is the case, then, you know, your draws are just going to be too inconsistent. Well, I did yeah. bring up that you can uh, play Mortuary Mire in your Marvel deck to put whatever card you want on top to activate Marvel to always get your hit. So if you're playing some sort of self-mill and Marvel strategy, you can... Uh, Always hit your Emrakul or your uh, Ulamog. This is the thing I'm kind of worried about, where it's like, yeah, well, you just need to, you know, play a bunch of energy with Marvel and self-mill and big stuff, and just, like, I don't know what that looks like, but, like, yeah, we have to try it, right? Yeah. Yep, definitely the most exciting card in the set to me so far, just because it's, like, the, you know, it screams, please break me, so I'm all about it. Yeah, and if you're playing stuff like that and... You're, you're playing, like, 10 mana cards off it. Like, you're going over the top of Gear Hulks. And if the format is just, like, this mishmash of various mid-range stuff, you know, people are playing a bunch of 4, 5, and 6 mana cards, then that card should just crush them, right? Like, you're not going to care about, like, a blue Gear Hulk or anything. Yeah. And, like, e even if you, like, kind of miss, I think it's pretty easy to activate it, like, say, every other turn. And then if you're just getting anything relevant for free, then, you know, you can make it work. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you miss, like, what happens? You might just get another card that gives you more energy. Yeah, like, you know, even if you flip, like, Ishkanov, for example, which is a pretty low-end hit, then, like, you know, it's hard for your opponent to get into combat, and when they do, you can, like, jump off your spiders, and that's three more energy, for example, and then you can kind of just do it again. Yeah. Man, that sounds sweet. You're like, look, I'm going to find this Emrakul or Ulamog or whatever I'm doing at some point. Eventually. You know? Yeah, eventually. Yeah. So what else? Like, uh, obviously... The, the old standard decks, I think, are still going to be pretty good. Like, it would not surprise me if there was, like, a green-black kind of delirium-y deck with Traverse and probably one Emrakul, maybe more. T-Merge still seems pretty good, although... Losing uh, Jace is, uh, is pretty bad. Look, man, we didn't even play Jace main deck. Oh, you didn't? Nah. All right, never mind. Is, gather the pack. Jace is a small... Nah, screw Gather. I'm just... I, I think it was just a trap. So Gather was mill for five, and there's, like, the Tygum Schemings reprint somewhere. Yeah, I, I think Gather was just, like... Honestly, I think it was just actively bad and shouldn't have been in the deck to begin with. It was really horrible. Nissus Pilgrimage is the biggest hit, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. The deck has to be built a little bit differently, or you have to play stuff like Hedron Archive, which I think is way worse. Especially if the format actually has, like, a bunch of artifact removal made. That would yeah. be interesting. Well, the Emerge I, I, deck also gets uh, Filigree Familiar, right? That's the... Yeah. <clears throat> that guy seems pretty sweet. I think that card I think is that's a nice pickup, too. really overrated. You think it's I overrated? Mean, it, does, it does a lot of small stuff, but it's still good. It is a good card, but like... And don't get me wrong, it's everything I want. It's a 2-2, two -two, it gains life, it draws a card. It's like, it's, it's super awesome, but like, I, you know, if you break it down, like, in reality, the best thing about it is that it's an artifact. Like, it, it provides two types. I mean, it's so one like, of those things that, like, helps you crew, potentially, and then if they're, like, killing your creatures to make it so you can't crew anymore, then you draw a card and, like, get to rebuy it and whatever, like, it, it works with Emerge. I think it's decent if there are, like, you know, some little dwarf or human beatdown decks. Okay, sure. I, I was I was it's, more looking for it. It's not going to wow anyone, but it's nice. The value's there. 
Yeah, I mean, it's clearly a good card. It's just like, I don't know, lots of people are just kind of talking about it, like in hyperbolic terms, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't think it's the best card of all time, but I think it is exactly what I want out of a Magic card, and hopefully that type of card is good in a format that exists that I get to play in. Sure, I can agree with that. I don't know, I, I actually do think that more of the low ball Elder Deep Fiend Lock U version of Tamer Emerge could be very good. I think Sahili Rai, I hope I said that right, is probably really good in that deck. Even though I don't, I don't think many people huh. are kind of pointing towards that as a team or merge card. Can you go into more detail about that? I'm yeah, curious. so it's like also with the deck list and sideboarding guide, so you can bring it to his team. <laughs> uh, well, very helpful. I, I could provide you with a deck list, and yeah, sure, man, I can give you a sideboarding guide. I can get around to that. I, 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 I'm, I'm good without the sideboard guide. Don't but worry. the majors first, you need to know what his expected metagame is. So first, you have to get all the deck lists from Andrew, so that you can properly inform him how to sideboard. Oh, that's that's very true. Yeah, if we can, you know, you give me a little bit of a little bit of this, and I'll give you a little bit of that. Maybe we can work something out. Yeah, I don't know. So like. We, we've talked about this in several shows because we've compared a lot of the teamer emerge decks that came out of the Pro Tour, but basically, like, Andrew's version that he top the Pro Tour with was very much this, like, I'm going to Elder Deep Fiend softlock you, and I kind of need to, like, bide my time, build up some resources, and then eventually, like, build up a chain and then kill you. And at some point, like, if your draws aren't coming together or whatever, if you just don't have your opponent in, like, the stone lock, you're kind of, like, just trying to get over the finish line and deal a couple extra points. And I think Sahili could be a really nice tool for just like those games where you're just like deep fiend you untap i have like matter reshaper deep fiend and you're just like sahili 13 and you're dead or like you know if you're trying to even just accrue some more value you could like copy your filigree familiar and then emerge it off or whatever i, I think it's an interesting Ooh, card it's also a planeswalker so that's an additional type for emerical i i i really like that last that last statement that was a good one yeah i also think like if you're you know willing to play sylvan advocate which you probably are because jace is gone then like you can make a copy of Sylvan Advocate, turn on your Lumbering Falls, and you're just, like, hitting your opponent for a million. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sold. I want to talk about a card that just got spoiled, like, literally an hour before we started this podcast, which is Skywhaler Shot. That's the instant speed, two and a white, destroy target creature with power three or greater, scry one. I was hoping it was going to be this card. Yeah, this card's sweet. I, I think this card is super good. Yeah, this is this is just the new Doom Blade of the format, right? Because it seems like it hits most things except for like the tiny red aggressive artifact things. Like even the energy creatures just get hit by this. I, I'm pretty surprised that Scry went on it. Like I think it would be a really good card without it, just in the context of the format. Yeah, so just... like no, no, seriously, you should strongly consider playing this card. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's just Heroes Downfall Scry one. That's great. I, I think this is something important to talk about. Like. The, so, so like, Grasp of Darkness is the best instant speed removal spell that we have, other than this, as, as far as I know, unless I've just... Oh, uh, there's the, the black-red Terminate. Yeah, that card is good. That's a good point. But yeah. um, I think there's going to be a lot of tension with, like, vehicles and planeswalkers and creatures. It's going to be, like, really difficult to build your deck to have removal spells to, like, cover all of those things. Like, like I want some Runus Pass because I don't want to die to miss a vital force or whatever but then you're just getting destroyed by like the 5-3 vehicle and you don't have any way to answer it so there's gonna be a lot of tension as to how to build your decks i don't know i'm i'm most excited to play sky sky shot with a counter spell like back back in the day there was like the whole dissolve downfall conundrum like punish your opponent whether they play a creature or nothing and uh this kind of sets up that stage again although they they haven't spoiled the counter spell of the set but Hopefully it can, uh, you know, go, go alongside Skywalker's shot. That would make me pretty happy. I hope it's an is it counter spell. 
Mm. So it's like, all right, you have the setup, but you have to work for it. Uh, I mean, they, they normally print a uh, a three mana uncommon counterspell in every single set, so I'm pr- pretty certain yeah. it'll be here. We've scattered. Well, you, you have spell shrivel. Yeah, well, spell shrivel, void shatter, scatter to the winds. Those cards aren't super great. Hopefully, the one they print will be better. Ah, eh, they won't. Just sorry, gonna burst your bubble now. Not gonna get better. Yeah. Than that. Well, you know, I really enjoy hoping. So. I'm going to do how about, that. How about Spellcaller alongside Blue-White Knights? Uh, yeah, Blue-White Knights did lose Dragonlord Ojutai, but maybe we can uh, substitute it with Angel of Invention, something like that. I don't know, man. You also lost Knight of the White Orchid. Yeah, we did lose Knight of the White Orchid. He was pretty important. I feel like if there's a bunch of expensive Mythic Rares, that they're probably not going to print too many Counterspells. I'm just throwing that out there. Aww. All right. Especially the effects. You did get blue yeah. counter target colorless spell, though. That card is ridiculous. I mean, yeah. it's, it's good. I'm not sure how good it is in the context of everything that's going on, though. I, I mean, I just want to counter a Karn. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's legit. I mean, I'm definitely down to play with this card in, in older formats, but I don't know about now. Like, Displacer does look pretty good. There are a lot of ETB effects in this set. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Aether Hub, so we have a playable colorless land, which is very, very nice. Yeah, Aether Hub is just one of the best cards in the set, I think. Yep, I have to agree with you on that. Small joke tangent. So, you know, back in the day when they would make those Star City videos about, like, hyping up a card and, like, Evan Irwin was like, man, time reversal is the best thing ever, right? You remember those? Nope. All right. I think we Anyways. Have, no. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> Great. One of my friends said... I'm with Star City Games, and this card is a Baker's Dozen, which means, you know, if you're unfamiliar with Baker's Dozen's 13, so you need four for Standard, four for Modern, and four for Legacy, and one for your Commander deck. <laughs> so you okay. must buy 13. This, it, this is Aether Hall? No, it's a c- Ceremonious Rejection. Oh, sure. That makes way more sense. <laughs> Anyways, the joke's better in person. Let's, let, me, let me try and defend <laughs> myself with that. <laughs> It, de- it depends. Who's your friend? Uh, he's some local local guy. You're losing us. I don't know. And I feel like anytime you have to say like, oh, you know, you, you had to be there or whatever. It's, it's not like, a you had to be there. It's you, you had you had to like watch the video and like they were just so excited about this terrible car that they wanted you to buy a lot of. And uh, that's where. No, they- Evan. Evan was genuinely excited about those cards. I don't deny that he was genuinely excited about them. I just generally think that he did not put too much thought into them. You see a card, it's exciting, and then you could think about it, or you could just be like, man, this is great, and just, like, you know, stay on the hype train. Like, if you if you deconstruct, like, what the weakness of every single card, you're just going to be like, all these cards suck, or whatever, and that's just not true. All right, I, I agree. And just being a force of positivity, I think, is pretty nice, too, something you should surely be able to appreciate. <laughs> all right, Jerry, fine. Yeah, I win. Yeah, you beat me. Continue. All right, how do you want to do this? You say, like, a top four pick for each person? Well, hold on, hold on. Before we do this, please talk to me about the Green Gear Hulk. Green Gear Hulk is really disgusting. Like, I, I think it is format warping and really powerful. And I don't know, I just got beat up by it about two hours ago. So it's the, the memory is fresh in my mind. And it just made it impossible for me to attack and or block and or have any, like, meaningful battlefield position while also just getting clocked at two turns. So, uh, relevant segue, I feel like the way to beat Planeswalkers is with vehicles and just, like, creatures in general, and this gear hole just seems like it puts enormous pressure on a Planeswalker, like, you're never going to be able to keep it alive. 
Yeah, it, it basically, like, with Sylvan Advocate, especially, it basically, like, turns on Sylvan Advocate a turn earlier, or, you know, better, you can, like, make Advocate a 4-5 or a 5-6 or whatever. Excuse me, a better way to put this is that you can just identify how to make your opponent's blocks impossible for that turn. They take, like, anywhere from 5 to 8 damage, and then they still just, like, can't size up appropriately on the following turn, and this thing has trample. Yeah, I mean, I, I think 5 mana is, like, super generous for this card. Yeah. I mean, it basically has haste. Like, almost always, the counters are going to go on your other things, too. And if they're not, you have an 8-8 Trampler, which is, you know, impossible to contain with, like, Kozlek's Return or any amount of chump blocking. Like, Ishkana can't fight through it. It's just really difficult to deal with it. Yeah, poor little Pilgrim's Eye. And it reminds me a lot of uh, Wolfier's Silverheart. And uh, that card was pretty good, right? That card was good, but in block, not standard very much. Yeah, and even then, like, I think it's... So it, it does certainly compare favorably. I, I agree with that. But the fact that you can just, like, distribute your counters on any number of creatures instead of just making one other gigantic creature means, like, kind of what I was saying previously. It's, like, impossible for your opponent to block. Although one reservation I do have about the Gear Hulks is because we haven't seen the entire thing, um, if there's some sort of, like, universal creature artifact answer, like, they could get a little bit worse. But, I mean... Given their excellent ETB triggers, I think that's not going to be a problem. I don't know. I, I kind of get the impression that, like, there, there's, like, Fragmentize, for example, which is W, Destroy, Target, Artifact, or Enchantment, CC, 4 or less. But, like, I think that was something that, and I'm speculating, of course, but I think that's something that Wizards learned from Mirrodin, where, like, of course, Affinity was extremely broken. And that's kind of, like, the black sheep of it or whatever. But if you print, you know, Oxidize, Shatter various hyper efficient artifact removal in your artifact block then nobody's going to want to be able to nobody's going to be able to get to do the cool things that you're trying to get them to do well i like what they're doing here where it's where it is cmc four less so like you're not killing gear hulks you're not killing the flagship you, sure you can have like good removal but it's not going to be that great you know yeah I, I think basically i'm saying i get the impression that the gear hulks will be safe they're not going to get just like priced out by some hyper efficient removals well I, I agree with that. I mean, like, they all give you some sort of, like, excellent, excellent advantage. So, like, they're not bad against spot removal. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's what the the Gearhawk basically is Broodmate Dragon, where one of them has haste. Do you guys agree or disagree with the uh, general consensus that the Red Gear Hulk is bad? Mm, uh, I never like to call stuff bad without playing too much with it. But, you know, coming from the standpoint of... I'm going to play on the Pro Tour against my good opponents. The Punisher mechanic is never really a too appealing to me. So that's where I would land on that. Well, I think this is like fixed Punisher mechanic where both options are really bad for them unless they're actually at 20 and, you know, have like a full board and you just have the 6-6 six, six or whatever and they can beat that. Like there are going to be very few situations where either one, you know, they're just very able to pick a clean thing that like doesn't do anything, right? Sure. But at the same time, like, this is a 6-mana six 6-6, six, six. it doesn't impact the board at all, it has first strike, which is fine, you know, but really looking for a way to, like, kill a creature or have haste or something. I feel like in, in the context of what this format looks like, this thing is not going to end up being very popular, mm -hmm. but it's certainly a powerful card. So let's say if you can just, instead of the, so it's draw three, and instead of the put the top three cards in your library, deal damage... If, it, if you just removed that clause and made it a number, what would it have to be? For it to be a difficult difficult choice, like, the majority of the time? Probably eight. six. I think six is whatever. Eight is probably, like, a real number. Well, I mean, six, six just kind of, like, goes with the card. Like, it's a six-six. It costs six. It 
it does, it six. does, but we're not we're not developing to you know look clean or whatever. It's just okay like for optimal decision making. So you're looking dirty, Jerry. Uh, yes. No, it's it's gonna be like eight damage, and it's gonna be a seven six or whatever. It's just like it's gonna be ugly. And I, I think that haste might it might might be a little bit too much for this card because it also like has an ETB effect. But I don't know first strike is pretty underwhelming on a six mana card. I think if it had haste, then like the vast majority of the time, your opponent would be forced into letting you draw cards, and then that would be probably way too good. But as is, it just like. Haste and ETB thing would be probably too good. As it is, I think this is the right amount minus, I guess. Like, I think I would be happier with this card if it was, like, five mana and the numbers were lower. It's, like, two cards and the same ability and, like, a 5-5 five five or something. Like, I would be a little bit more excited for this card, but just, like, six mana is so much. Yeah. And in red, too. I mean, I guess you have Chandra Torcha Defiance, but, like... There have been some big red decks, you know? Like, the Mono Red Eldrazi was a thing for a while. Also, like... You would never play this card over Chandra, like Chandra Flamecaller. Yeah, it's true. All right, top four. We, or was that the arbitrary number you chose? Yeah, I don't know. I was just I was excited. You were talking about Evan Irwin. I got into the spirit of things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I made my top four. That's that's what the typing sound was. It's not exciting. It, it, my top four is not like, hey, you guys should buy this set. Like, look at the, my top four amazing <laughs> cards or whatever. It's not that. Nothing too clickbaity. No, no. But yeah, go ahead. Majors, what you got? Yeah, hit me. Hit me, Majors. I, I haven't ordered them, actually. I, I think I know my top four. All right, how about, how about we like round we round robin it, you know? Go one at a time. How about, how about I just say the four cards I'm excited about most, but I don't have like an arbitrary ranking for them quite yet? Yeah, I just picked four cards. Okay, all right. So definitely the card I'm most excited about is Aetherworks Marvel. We kind of already talked about it, but like when I, when I saw this card very early... When it got spoiled, just like, give me more energy stuff to work with. Like, I really want to build decks with this. So definitely love that card. I've I've already played a versus video with it, and then will continue beating my head against the wall until I give up or think I've I've done it. Number two, I like okay, I just scroll and find the name of it. Glinton S. Crane. <laughs> I love this card. Oh yeah, that's the uh, artifact of Bolus. Other yeah, so artifact. It's one U flying, one three, ETB, look at the top four, put an artifact card from among them into your hand, put the rest in your bottom in any order. Yeah, like, I just want to, I want to get gear hulks with this, I want to get, like, smugglers copters and, like, turn it on, you know, I get the crane and then the little flying machine. Oh! <laughs> Wait, doesn't this read, look at the top four cards and then put them on the bottom? <laughs> No, no. So my 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 joke with Augur of Bolas was look at the bottom three cards of your library. <laughs> yeah, this is look at the bottom four cards of your library. For the for the math to be pretty good, you're looking at about 18 hits, which is which is tough for most decks. But like I've I've sketched out a bunch of stuff, and like I'm usually pretty happy with about 10 to 14 of the artifacts in my deck. So it's it's something that I've you know had my eye on for the additional cards coming out. I think there's you know one or two key pieces away from like really making this card super good in a lot of decks. Well, here's the thing. We're halfway through the set, man. A lot of enablers, like, haven't been spoiled yet. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I'm excited like, about this card. Things are showing up today where it's like, you know, the Inventor's Apprentice. It's like, okay, that's it. That's, like, the missing piece to, like, make me actually want to build a mono red deck, right? Yep. I, I think getting a Gear Hulk off this thing is just so good. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's plenty to do with a random body in this set. All right, next. Number three... I kind of I, I like Aether Hub. I think we already talked about this, but I think this card is just sick, and I will be playing it in 
plenty of decks that do not utilize energy, and it will be super, super good in the ones that do. Is Aetherhub a baker's dozen, Michael? Uh, I, I mean, I would not be shocked if this card showed up in Modern. It, it already has. Yeah, like Tendo, Tendo Ice Bridge. Tendo, Tendo Ice Bridge is in Modern. This card's just better. Like, anything could happen, man. To put this in perspective, I think I will be registering this card probably, like, twice as much as the, like, Fast Lands, for example. And number four. I So, Green Gear Hulk is probably, like, my real number four because it's just, like, stupid powerful and I kind of want to figure out how to, like, crane into it because that just sounds awesome. I'm going to be landing. Well, it's it's going to involve, like, Cryptolith Rite, Filigree Familiar, Duskwatch Recruiter, maybe some Deep Fiends. Got to find some more artifact creatures in there somehow. But, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm about it. Uh, my number four is Sky Sovereign Console Flagship. This is the really? five mana vehicle that ETPs and deals three to a creature or planeswalker crew three six five. I think this card is dope. I think it it's is, dope too. It is dope. I wasn't too excited when I first saw it, but the fact that it shoots planeswalkers is like pretty sweet. It literally has flagship in the name. It's like real big. Um, it ETPs and kills like Sylvan Advocates and Tireless Trackers on curve the majority of the time. Oh. It can, like, soften up a Planeswalker. It's, it's not going to kill a Planeswalker, you know, the vast majority of the time. But it can, like, soften up a Planeswalker. Your opponent can't, like, ruin his path or grasp it. Then you, like, untap, play something, crew it, hit them for a bunch, and finish off their Planeswalker. Like, I think this card's just sick. All right. Jerry, are you... Do you, do you, have, your, you have your list? I'm ready. I had Aetherhub on my list, so I'm looking for a replacement. They Smuggler's Copter. Yeah, that was already on my list, too. Ah, crap. That was my number five. Okay. Okay, so I I I thought our arbitrary number was four. Come on. Yeah, Uh, I have Laugh New Hellion. Again, no no particular order. I think the Hellion is great, even if you're not doing a lot of specific energy stuff. It's you know it's it's good for eight damage, which I think is pretty insane. And I assume with Hub and like uh, Harness Lightning and stuff like that, you might be able to keep it around a little bit longer if you want to, which is sick. And if the format is pretty fast, or not fast, but just, like, really high power level and, like, people are about to start dropping bombs on you and stuff, like, I, I just want to get them dead. And especially in the early weeks, I think just being the proactive deck where people are, like, messing around with new cards and stuff is really cool. Mm-hmm. Inventor's Apprentice kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the Hellion, uh, not necessarily in the same deck, but just, like, the same type of strategy, which I really like but I'm not going to actually put it on my list because they're kind of the same card. Smuggler's Copter is just sweet. I think it's just going to show up in a bunch of different decks. And uh, yeah, it's just like kind of hard to kill. It's really efficient, does stuff with for Delirium and Madness and all this nonsense. Like the crew is super cheap and it's just good. Just good overall. And then the last one is Skywheeler Shot, which just seems awesome. But this this could also just be like unlicensed disintegration. Just like... Having some good murders in the format with a little bit of upside is always nice. Yeah, definitely like unlicensed disintegration a lot. If I didn't, if I didn't have hub, I'm not sure what I would have. I mean, it would just be like the white gear Hulk, maybe, or Chandra, or whatever. But a bunch of sweet cards. I think the white gear Hulk is also super awesome. Just another thing that makes me miss dearness of Aswoods here. It's another <laughs> thing that makes me miss Evilly. Yeah, so many sweet things. Rest in peace. It's, like, so easy to find this card, too, whereas, like, you know, you had to just naturally draw the tragic or maybe, like, DP back into it or whatever, but, like, just finding a, an artifact creature, that's a joke. Yeah, man. Uh, we, we worked so hard to get that tragic arrogance back. Just unreal. Yeah, no kidding. All right, Andrew. All right, number four, or most excited for card, the turtle. What is it called? Thriving Turtle. The 03 
comes into play, gives you two energy. What it's it? like, man, what is this turtle called that's in the thriving cycle and it's actually just thriving turtle? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a really efficient body. It gives you energy and, you know, it's a it can attack and get big. And, yeah, it, 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 it can do a lot. I'm excited with the possibilities about this card. Being Also, being a one-drop is really flexible, too. And uh, it kind of segues into the next card I'm excited about, which is Rashimi Eternity's Crafter. I don't know, not many people have talked about this card. It's a 2-3 for 2 green-blue. Whenever you cast your first spell of each turn, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a non-land card with converted mana cost less than that spells, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. If you don't cast the revealed card, put it in your hand. So essentially, it's just uh, you get a free spell or you draw a card every time you play a spell for the first time on your... the first spell of each turn. I don't know, get to play her, play some other flash creatures, maybe some Elder Deep Fiends, you know, kind of... I think she kind of slots nicely into Teamer Emerge, but maybe Kiora is also pretty good in her spot. I don't know. I'm going to have to do some research. I don't know. What What do you guys think about Rashmi? Is Cloudblazer also on your list? Like, I don't know. I just feel like you're like, oh, these like tiny value cards that are just going to get like smashed by gear hooks. Like you're going to spend turn four playing a two, three, and then they're going to play like a mythic rare that actually does something. There, there's definitely going to be another mana dork in this set. You know, I tried a lot with... Uh, of ramps ramp decks last season with like hedron crawler and uvenwald captive and i think powering this out on turn three could be pretty good and having some elder deep fiends in your deck is also nice so i don't know i'm dreaming i have a question am i reading this card correctly? if you reveal a land card it just stays on top of your library if you don't cast the revealed card put it into your hand no it says if it's a non-land card with converted mana cost less than that spells make oh if you don't put it in your hand. no you may cast it but yeah like you can't cast a land. I think you, either way, you still just draw a card. Yeah, I think you still just draw it. It is weird and strange, though, right? Like, you see what I'm saying? It is. No, you're right, you're right. There's probably some reason they worded it like that. Well, it is a lot of text already, so... Yeah. Can, can I make a prediction on number three? Sure. Contraband Kingpin. <laughs> wow, man, you're so <laughs> smart. Yeah. No, dude, I, I thought it was going to be Cloud Blazer and then that. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bunch of crappy cards. <laughs> yeah, just all the blue crappy ones in like different guilds. Yeah, man, I, I, I'm excited about Contraband Kingpin. It's, it's everything that I've ever wanted in in a, in a in a two mana card. It blocks. It has lifelink. It accrues minimal value. Yeah, that's it's just everything that I'm going to sign up for. But uh, I also like it because it you know it harkens back to uh, by Merklurker, my favorite magic card. So shout out to shout out to Big Jorabai there. I can't wait until you change your Twitter handle to at Contraband Kingpin. <laughs> I actually think this card is quite good. It's just like blue black in general just doesn't excite me. Well, we have uh, we have we have different outlooks on life. Let's just say that. Huh. No, I mean like I understand. <laughs> Ooh, Terraria. Just like it's. I'm excited for Terraria. It's tough to get value off this thing because you're playing like blue black and like you got some artifacts and presumably you got like. Removal spells and counter spells and maybe like some win conditions. Like playing my blue gear poke and then scrying one is just like kind of whatever. <laughs> no, guys, guys, check this out. I was trying to think of things where you could like trigger this thing multiple times and just kind of go off. Wireless tracker. Uh huh. And, and I was like, oh, cog workers puzzle knot. That makes two artifacts, right? That's pretty sweet. And then like a third one, but it's like, man, we can't really play Esper. It seems kind of tough, but it's like, dude, if you just have Terraria, it just brings it all together. All right, my number four card is actually a, a, what I think is a strong card, uh, Angel of Invention. That's the 
Three white, white, flying vigilance, lifelink, fabricate two other creatures you control, get plus one, plus one, two, one flyer. So it's uh, it's like a pseudo Bane Slayer. You can work out pretty well if you're playing some like wide white strategy. You know, this seems like a good sideboard card for my uh, Guy Whaler shot counterspell deck. So I'm definitely going to shove that in my sideboard. You know, it's just really flexible and... I, I like this card a lot what do you guys too. Do? I just kind of view it as like a very classic like green-white token-y card. And if you look at those kinds of decks, it's like the competition of the five-drop slot is just ridiculous. There's White Gear Hulk, there's Green Gear Hulk, there's Archangel Abyssin, there's Ishkana. Like, I, I think this card is sweet, but I'm not sure it'll ever get like its time in the sun. Yeah, Maybe I mean, after a couple of rotations. Yeah. Oh, I also want to give a shout-out to Metallurgic Summons, the mythic enchantment for five mana. Uh, whenever you cast an insert sorcery spell, create an XX colorless construct artifact creature with where X is that spells converted mana cost. Excited to play this card with part the water veil. You guys ever think of that? That's sweet. So those are the only two cards I have in my deck so far. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll come up with more later. Or but. engulf the shore, obviously. Oh, sure. Maybe, maybe some blue gear hulks. Yeah, yeah. You know, we got our, <laughs> we have a bunch of six mana cards and five mana cards in our mono blue deck. Yeah, but you have engulfed to buy time, and then you gear hook the engulf, and then that's it. That's game. That's game. I, w- I wish. Like- <laughs> yeah, so you go engulf into summonings, into gear hulk, make a 4 4, next turn, part the water veil. Like, they're dead. They're just dead. In my dreams, <laughs> I would love to have this card as a win condition, just Grixis and Modern. You could just, like, lightning bolt them, Thought Scour, just get some honest 1 1s, then eventually you just, like, have an <laughs> army. You just have, it's like Young Pyromancer for five mana. And then, you know, eventually you pay five mana and just get, like, 12 instants and sorceries back to your hand. Yep. You know, I really like my five mana cards to not affect the board when they come into play. Well, if you have like some Gitaxian probes, I mean, then it's just all good. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel you on that one. I, I love dirtling a little bit. You can gut shot to take down a 2 2, you know? No <laughs> oh, man, just ambush them? That is dope. Surprise! <laughs> all right. What's next? <laughs> I, I do respect that, like, the, the kind of blatantly unplayable constructed mythic is super cool, and I'm thinking about trying to play it constructed. I respect that. Well, those are the things where it's just like, oh, we actually messed up because we just assumed it was this thing and like didn't actually try it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that can happen. Rest assured, I'm going to play with every single card in this set, and that is going to be gas. Well, you enjoy playing with Thriving Rats. I. It's Thriving Turtle. Okay. You said every card. No, Thriving Ibex. That card is sweet and limited. That card is very nice, dude. I have a question. With Thriving Turtle, are you like, you're like, yeah, you can, you know, it's got a good body and then you get some energy and then you can start attacking with it. Like, you yeah. attack with it? Or are you just, did you just attack with it so you can play more defense with it? Uh, I just want to know what the thought process <laughs> is. He, he just wanted more contraband kingpins. He like, couldn't get enough one fours. <laughs> and also you need to give it a power so you can actually like crew stuff. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my turtle's driving my car, obviously. The car. No, you go turtle into copter. It's unbeatable. Then turn three, you crew it up. <laughs> Flying turtle, baby. Oh, man. I, I, I'm really excited for all the jokes that are going to come out of this set. Just like the awkward, you know, like awkward creature type crewing some sort of odd vehicle. That's it. That's definitely going to be a lot of fun. Oh, today I I had uh, my three spiders man an airship against Bradley. Nice. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a joke. I can't think of a joke with that. Damn it. Oh, maybe next time. All right. So we're going to talk about the latest controversy, I suppose, because 
it's always fun, I guess. So, yeah, there are these masterpieces, basically expeditions, uh, not quite... Most of them aren't quite as flashy as just, like, opening a fetch land or whatever, but they all look pretty awesome. And it's just like, well, should these be allowed in Pro Tours and Grand Prix and all that stuff? Because I, I imagine that losing to a Soul Ring or a Mana Crypt is not very fun. And I know that BBD personally got strip-mined in a Pro Tour and just, like, lost because of it, which was a pretty good story. And then he used that as pure motivation to become world champion. Yeah, maybe. He was just like, I'm, I'm never going to let this happen again, yeah. you know? <laughs> But yeah, just like Sword of Fire and Ice or whatever in Limited is obviously pretty busted. But is it is it better than just like a random Mythic Rare in the set? You know? Like that's that's kind of my stance on this where it's just like, do you care if you lose to a Mana Crypt or a Chandra? Like, does it matter? Yeah, I think it matters a little bit. Uh, go, go ahead, Michael. No, I was, I was just saying that I agree with Jerry. It's just like, to me, they're, they're super rare, like... You're you're gonna play against these, you know. Assuming you draft a ton, especially like if you're just talking about premier level events, like let's say you play in five premier level events, like what are the chances you play against this card? Like a third of a, I don't, I don't know. I shouldn't try to do math live, but basically what I'm trying to say is that it's basically the same as just any other generic mythic. Like sure, they're they're better on average, but so I was told that any specific one is over one in four thousand packs. You are one in four thousand packs to get a soul ring. Like a specific card or, or a masterpiece. How many how many packs are at the Pro Tour? Uh, I think Willie said on Twitter that there are going to be like roughly 20 of them opened total between the two drafts. My only knock against having the, whatever they're called, masterpieces in uh, Pro Tour drafts is like the draft format wasn't designed to have these in, inside them. So... You know, like, of course, you can lose to, like, certain Mythic Rares in formats, but, like, they're definitely going to have, like, some form of answer. But you never know with, like, I don't know, Soul Ring or Sword of Fire and Ice. I mean, there are probably answers, but, like, it hasn't really been, like, tested out or designed to be played in this format. So just based on, like, purity alone, I guess, I, I don't know what the wrong, I don't know what the right, right word is, but, like, it just doesn't feel right to get to be able to play with these cards in um, at the Pro Tour during the draft format. Well, five of them are Gearhawks, which literally were designed to be played. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are. I mean, those 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 are fine for sure. But it's like, do you care if someone has like a Mind's Eye or a Chromatic Lantern or whatever? You know, it's like obviously Hangerback Walker would be pretty sick too. But I just don't think it's that big of a deal. Going through the list, I think there's only like seven of them that are like truly brutal. Uh, uh, mana Crypt. I think I don't know if you consider Hangerback Walker to be brutal or not, but it seems like I, it might I, be. I, I don't, I don't think it's man, better than Chandra or whatever. Yeah, yeah me either. Mana Vault, Soul Ring, Three Swords, Five Gearhulks. I, I mean, Gearhulks in the set, whatever. Yeah, Gearhulks in, in the set. Yeah, that's fine. So, Three Swords, Three Mana Producers, and Hangerback Walker. Steel Overseer could potentially be very, very good oh, in the format. Lacrim, just because I'd be so jealous if my opponent had it. <laughs> I mean, Solemn's obviously good. It's just like a crappy filigree from right here, but whatever, you know. <laughs> Cost an extra mana, man. Hey, man, you were throwing so much shade at the filigree familiar earlier. Awesome. is incredible. <laughs> so you like Solemn a lot, but you dislike filigree familiar. I think filigree familiar is overrated. I think Solemn Simulacrum is excellent. That makes zero sense. We all have our bias. Anyway, yeah, whatever. I <laughs> I don't care, man. I guess you could sculpting steal your gear hulk if you already had one or whatever, but like, come on. I, I, I think between the fact that they're not that much more powerful than any given mythic in this set, 
and the fact that they are so incredibly rare, just it's so much work, I would assume, to like make sure that these are not impacts and like. I, I kind of like the stories that they create, you know? It's like, oh, dude has, like, a Mana Crypt, or, like, he, you know, I, I played around every card in the set, but then he had, I don't know, Sculpting Steel, sure. Sort of Fire Whatever. I, I, I don't yeah, like that you know? story at the Pro Tour. <laughs> that doesn't sound great at all. That is awesome. I mean, it's awesome for coverage, but... Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's the point of the Pro Tour. Right, I was going to say, like, what what does the Pro Tour exist for? It is to, like, sell this stuff, so... Uh, I think this is a cool way to do it. And yeah, we're we're all guinea pigs or whatever, but like, who cares? You know, that's that's just the simulation that we live in. They're also just gorgeous and really cool. Also, you know, yeah, you, you might like lose to a soul ring or whatever. What if you had a soul ring? And like, what if you drew it a bunch and beat people with it? Like, yeah, it might not feel like you earned it or whatever, but it's like, this is awesome. It's so sweet. The thought I, I didn't earn it would never cross my mind. I'd be like, yes, this is so great. This is payback. <laughs> yeah. For all those times I got mana screwed. <laughs> you imagine losing though if you turn one soul ring? That would just be so sad. Well, no, then then you're you're the dude that can go on and be like, you know, look, whoever complained about these being legal, you know, this this didn't work out for me. Like my opponent beat a soul like that. That's an even better. Yeah, then your opponent's just like, yeah, I just beat turn one soul ring with my two mana two twos. Yeah, <laughs> my thriving rats and my thriving, thriving turtle versus soul ring. <laughs> I'm telling you, boys, it's the turtle. <laughs> didn't didn't we all play Magic last weekend? Uh, yeah, I played some. That's yeah, an interesting thing to to say. We played at GP Louisville and <laughs> Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> it was a team event. It was limited, so no one cares. I had fun, but got beat up. My decks were great. Jerry beat my team. Hell yeah! Nice. Got that's me. really all there is to say about Team Limited. Well, I had a great time. Jerry, what 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 position did you guys finish in? Eighth. Congratulations on your GP top eight. Don't say that. That is not a top eight. <laughs> All that GP top eight and PT top eight amounts to is you made the final cut of something. Yeah. In this instance, I finished up the Swiss and did not make a final cut of something. I got eighth, but eighth does not matter. It's like you played in an eight-person tournament, you got eighth, whatever. Or like... You play like the players' championship or whatever. It's like I made top eight. It's like, well, that's half the tournament. So what are we talking about? Here? <laughs> but yeah, Cho was very excited about his first Grand Prix top eight. So. <laughs> uh, my team finished a rousing twenty fourth place, which was the cutoff for the money. So I feel incredibly lucky. Yeah, Team Limited's great. I had fun. I will say that I've had progressively more fun each team tournament that I've played with my teammates. You know, it's it's just cool just, like, being able to, like, fall back into a rhythm and just kind of do stuff uh, that you're used to doing and just kind of refine it and everything. And, yeah, I think the more you play with specific people, just the better it gets. Agree with that. Unless those people suck, in which case it's probably going to get worse, but... <laughs> wow. I mean, that's... All right. Not, not like, suck at magic, because who cares about that, but I'm just talking about, like, being crappy humans. That's oh, okay, sure. But yeah, man. I don't know. I had fun. It was sweet. Uh, I don't know when the next one is. There's... But I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, there. I think there's one more next year. Well, I'm not looking forward to Team Unified Modern. Let me be specific, because that one is scary. I'm going to play in that. That's going to be I fun. I am looking forward to that. I think it will be fun. I don't know. I got tricked to buying a flight to SCG Orlando this weekend for like $100. Oh, wow, you're coming. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, there, there's going to be like six or seven of us. Okay, what are you thinking about playing? I think I'm going to play Oliver 2's Red Green Scape Shifter. Okay, I was thinking about 
I was thinking about doing that. I was thinking about playing John, but I think I'm just going to settle in for session of limit hold'em and play Bantel Drossy. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, I'm actually surprised you're not going to the WMCQ. Well, it's like a 10-hour drive. I don't have a functional car right now. Nobody else is going, so I'd have to buy a flight. And yeah, whatever. I'm I'm in like a decent shape with SCG points, so might as well just keep playing them. Well, you're making a brisk jog for the Players' Championship. Right? I soon might be running. <laughs> okay, okay, I love it. Michael, you know, we do get to collect from those. Well, you suddenly don't really start to collect when you're paying $700 to get there and stay in a hotel and enter the event. But. Holy crap, Majors, you have a lot of points. I know. That's why I'm going to Orlando Congrats. for my $100 Allegiant plate. Good mine, luck. mine was 122 Wow, I totally got you. Yeah, man, I, I waited and it, it went up so 20%, much. in fact. Yeah, it's brutal. A lot of money if you think about it. Well, after this, I'm going to look at flights to Newark and see if I want to go to the WMCQ. Okay. Are, but, are Newark and Syracuse near each other? I don't know, but somebody told me that I should fly to Newark and that there's like some sort of train there. Okay. I don't know. I certainly don't want to involve myself with any of that. Yeah, it's definitely complicated. A lot of work involved. All right. Modern this weekend. Probably more Kaladesh stuff coming up in the future. And then... Likely going to go on another small hiatus before the Pro Tour. That sounded about right to you guys. Yep. Are you going to NDJ? Yeah, I think I should. Are you guys going to Atlanta? I'm going to Atlanta and then flying to Hawaii from Atlanta. Me too. Are you doing that, Michael? No, I will be flying from Indy to Hawaii. Man, you're going to be there for two weeks? Yes. Jealous. I don't think you should be, but (laughs) whatever. I mean, you get to spend two weeks in Hawaii. That's great. I mean, sorry, you get to spend two weeks in a house in Hawaii. <laughs> yes. Look, looking out out yeah. the window at actual Hawaii. Longingly outside the window. We are beachfront, apparently, so it's not that bad. We are also beachfront. It's going to be nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. It's it, the only regret for me is, or I don't even know if regrets are right words. Just like it feels like I just spent two weeks at a pro tour. So I know that's a stupid thing to complain about or whatever, but I, I do like being home. Yeah, man, I skipped it. I'm, I'm refreshed. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Yep. Okay. Is that it? I guess so. All right, that's game. Yeah, but you have a golf to buy time, and then you gear hook the ungolf, and then that's it. That's game. That's game.